Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Today is a very special recording for us as this is my 50th interview on what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Thank you all for listening. It's surreal to me as I have watched this show progress. I have had the opportunity to interview some amazing people with truly remarkable and resilient journeys. Thank you to both my guests and the listeners for making this platform a joy for me to host for you all. I also have an amazing guest for our 50th interview today, and it is someone who is a big name in podcasts as he has created the biggest event in podcasts in the Podcast Expo. So do you want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? If so, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow, or just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial journey to inspire you all, and today's story is of Vladimir Gendelman. Vladimir is an immigrant who came from the Soviet Union in Russia. His family was driven out of the Soviet Union because of anti-Semitism, and they came to the U.S. as Jewish refugees. He couldn't even speak English when he came to the U.S., and when he went to the supermarket, he only knew of a few produce items and had no idea what all these packaged items were. Before starting his big company, in company folders, he started a computer repair shop back in 03. He has now taken something so simple in folders and revolutionized the idea to reach unprecedented success. Company folders has now made the Inc. 5000's fastest growing private companies in America list in both 2015 and 2016. I thought it was great to know because as an entrepreneur, you have to get creative. Gentleman took out $50,000 in no interest cash advantage on a few credit cards to start this business. Whenever he would end the near of a promotional period, he would just transfer the balance to a new card. And it says in six years, he paid off all these balances without a penny of interest. I mean, that's strategy for an entrepreneur if I've ever seen it. But to wrap up this spotlight, his biggest advice for other immigrants is simple. Start doing something. You can always change or pivot later, but don't let anything hold you back. Hey, Chris, what'd you like best about that story? What I love about it is the immigrant journey of how immigrants make it happen no matter what, you know, no matter what the obstacles are that they exceed and overcome every situation because they know what it's like to come from nothing. Absolutely. That voice you just heard, that's the sound of today's guest. My guest on the show today is someone I met networking over the years in Tampa and recently reconnected with one of my amazing mentors, Lee. Chris is passionate about being a difference maker. Chris brings a unique perspective of success from both sides of an event. He understands the challenges of the organizer that needs to move an audience, having facilitated over 2,000 events himself as he brings together business owners towards economic growth under the umbrella of Tampa Bay Business Owners, which he founded in 2008. That success springboarded him to launch this PodFest Multimedia Expo, which he grew to over 975 attendees in just five years with the expectation of 1,500 plus in year six thanks to his ability to communicate key messaging to that community. It's without further ado, I'd love to introduce Chris Kermitsos. Chris, thanks for joining my show. Hey, Vincent. Thanks for having me on, man. 
Absolutely. Would you mind please previewing your story a bit to our listeners and introducing yourself without giving too much of your entrepreneurial journey away? Uh, I'm just a community builder that loves bringing people together. And, um, you know, I got to practice and learn a lot in the Tampa Bay area through Tampa Bay business owners. And then we were able to create PodFest and grow it to where it is today. Um, One of the largest conferences in the world for the medium of podcasting. Absolutely. It was a great experience. I had to go there and I'm looking forward to next year. But Chris, it's time for the big five. On each episode, my guest and I will go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Great. Well, when did you realize that you either weren't happy with what you were doing or you just needed some form of change to truly start your entrepreneurial journeys? So I was an entrepreneur starting at 13 years old, actually 12. So I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur from uh, eight or 10 years old. So I had uncles that were entrepreneurs. So I got to see them building their restaurant business. So I I just knew I was never going to be someone that was going to go for the nine to five kind of thing. So it it was, uh, it was inbred in me from a very young age by seeing case studies in real time. When you were that young, what were some of your dreams of being an entrepreneur? What were you thinking that young? Uh, Well, because my uncles had diners. I thought I would be the largest diner owner in New York. Um, Coming from a Greek immigrant family, that's kind of where a lot of the Greeks would go into the restaurant industry. So that was kind of my, I would draw little diners uh, when I was like eight, nine, 10 years old on a piece of paper. And then I would own all these diners, one for every state. That's amazing. It's definitely a big vision. And I can see where it carried over to with all your business endeavors here in Tampa. But what would you say one or two of the most difficult parts are being an entrepreneur for you? Well, uh, accountability, you have to hold yourself accountable and um, you have to figure out how to make money. So when money is tight, you got to figure it out. So a lot of people don't realize there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a business builder. And then there's entrepreneurs that become business builders. So there's a lot of people that have a corporate job and they wind up getting a division of their corporation or buying a company already in operations and they'll call themselves entrepreneurs. My definition of an entrepreneur is someone that like bootstraps and just makes it happen from zero to something only because the risk tolerance is much higher than someone that was in corporate was able to buy something already functioning. And then they grew what was functioning. They still need a lot of the skill sets, but Uh, An entrepreneur usually is someone that uh, trades risk as if basically they're always putting, they have the highest of all um, business people when it comes to risk tolerance. Absolutely. I want to touch on, if you could help educate our listeners, what are some good tips when you see to hold yourself accountable when you were first starting out? What are some ways that really helped you? Well, I was obsessed with what I was doing. So I I basically would work around the clock and that's not necessarily the healthiest thing, but I didn't, I didn't mind working. So that, and there was no option to quit. Whereas other people will have backup plans. I had no backup plans. I only had one plan and that was to succeed in what I was doing. So that literally helped me propel forward and move forward as I was uh, working in my entrepreneurial journey. Was Tampa Bay business owners, was that your first big splash when you came down to Tampa from New York? I had a lot of businesses, um, but I would say uh, that was the first business in the Florida. I was a real estate investor, flipped a bunch of homes, and then I took those profits and created Tampa Bay Business Owners. And that was, uh, yeah, I would say for what I'm doing now, that was the foundation of my 
events, community building uh, business. It's truly remarkable what you've built. Would you mind sharing with our audience a little bit of background on that, on Tampa Bay business owners? So in my late 20s, I was kind of miserable, uh, wasn't enjoying making money. And I created a moment in time, I had about six months to figure out what I wanted. And I called it uh, standing in the silence. I would just um, go walk uh, sunset every day and ask myself, what do you want to do with your life? And that's where I said, you know what, I'm really good at connecting people, really good at organizing events and bringing people together. And so I figured, let me create a community of business owners and help them connect. And that's where I will create value and then have a membership. And that kind of created the Tampa Bay business owners. We, um, we were formed during the recession of 08. Some people would call it the great recession. I don't know if it was that big a recession compared to the depression of 29, but it was a, it was a trying times. And in Florida, most people in real estate got wiped out. So I was able to grow during the worst of times because I focused on helping people grow their businesses, whatever it was, and focusing on social media. So we were able to create a tribe of people that believed that they could grow no matter what the circumstance. And we were able to really help people come out of the fog and uh, create businesses. So that, that was my first iteration. And Tampa Bay Business Owners became the largest group of its kind with over 300 active uh, business owners uh, in, in, in its association. Now I've sold that since, so I'm no longer a part of that. Um, I own Tampa Bay business owners, but I sold it to someone, uh, nine years in. I think it's just a remarkable lesson that you just taught everybody listening on as, as dark of times as it's supposed to be in a recession type era, you went ahead and pivoted and found something where you can thrive in and build something big. Well, we knew what we couldn't do. So we focused on what we could and focusing on what you can do made all the difference. Absolutely. Well, on these paths, you said you have a lot of different businesses. What was one of the greatest failures or lessons learned you found in it? And what did it teach you? Why is it still stuck with you all the way up till today? There's a lot of failures. Um, probably the one thing I would tell you is looking back at Tampa Bay business owners, uh, we should have not been as paranoid about retention, even though we were, we were really focused on retention. We should have focused more on bringing in as many leads through the front end and then allowing our system to retain who was going to be retained. So basically we did not, we didn't look at the allocation of our talent pool and we had limited resources in order for us to grow. We should have focused on that and probably had a, a higher backend product for people to purchase, which would have been a, a pure profit play for the business. So, you know, you, you look at things clearly after you're done with them, but that's something I probably uh, looking back on it, I was resistant to because I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, so you got to be careful of uh, drawing lines in the sand. Yeah. What is the way you applied that to whatever you worked on next? That's great advice. Well, we have PodFest and we have exhibitors and we have ticket buyers. So we, every year we test a backend product. So this year we tested a live event product out and um, it didn't go as what I planned, but we're still testing it. So we don't stop testing um, some kind of higher end third product. So we're, we're figuring that out as we go. Yeah, it's definitely an incredible experience for everybody listening on. If it's something you're interested in, that's over in Orlando. And it was a very, very well put together event. But on your entrepreneurial path, Chris, if you could think of all of your experiences, who would you love to have a conversation with if you could? Any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would you like to learn from? <clears throat> in today's marketplace, I would say the same person most people would want to have a conversation with. It's probably Elon Musk. Uh, talk to him, talk ideas out, see how his brain works and, uh, you know, uh, debate some topics. You got to give us one topic that you'd love to talk about with him. 
Well, I'm big into the future of how we communicate with one another. So he's setting up Starlink, which is uh, a faster internet, so to speak. So I would talk to him about uh, the way communications and our thoughts will be transferred through Bluetooth technology. Yeah, it's going to be very, very exciting just seeing how the world's been changing. We're in very, very fast changing times. But Chris, let's look into the future with all of our listeners today. Let's look one year and five years out. One year from today, where do you see yourself in your entrepreneurial endeavors? Well, for me, uh, this is a very tough time with the coronavirus pandemic. So uh, I'm taking it day by day as I schedule out next year's event because we have to wait for vaccine. Uh, I'm assuming for large gatherings like events for mine to be possible to happen. So day by day, we're, we're scheduling uh, virtual summits, doing things more virtually. And as far as where I see the future, <coughs> I, um, I see the future uh, shaping up. I'm, I'm assuming that's what you're going to ask three years from now? Yeah, let's look ahead. Three, five years. Three years from now, I see PodFest growing to the point where five to 10,000 people are showing up and VidFest will be spun off its own events. So it's, we're, we're going to see massive growth in the online on-demand communication department. Yeah, nice. Are we still looking to keep those in Orlando? Yeah, for now, uh, Orlando is where they'll be because um, Orlando has the space. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your episode today. I love how you started from when you were a kid and you saw that vision. You always knew what it was going to be for you and how then you expanded on how big your ideas are going to get, your visions, how you've already grown PodFest and to where you see it in just three years' time. But it's time for the last word. Is there something that you would like to share with everybody listening on that we didn't get to touch on yet today? Yeah, start thinking about how we're going to be communicating with people because it'll get your mind wrapped around how the future is going to be shaping up. So a lot of us are not going to be searching with our fingers. Uh, We'll be searching with our voices and eventually our minds. So think about where do you place advertisements if I'm searching with my voice? So that's all pay-per-click and all that over time will be displaced and it'll be paper voice. So I wonder how that's even going to shape up because those answers almost always have to be organic. So things are going to change very rapidly. And with the voice activated revolution, I would just leave people thinking about what would the world look like if you're not typing, you're just talking and the computer or the artificial intelligence is delivering results for you in real time. You know, it's great that you said that. Someone I had on a few episodes ago is Jordan Walker. He's the founder of Yak, which is essentially voice messaging like like Slack, but for voice. So I'm very as well interested to seeing where that plays out. But would you mind sharing your professional social media, your website, any ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors or request your services? Yeah, Vincent. Uh, I would just say go to chriskremitzos.com. Great. Everybody check that website out and be sure to check out the show on LinkedIn at what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. And we're over on Instagram and Facebook at your favorite morning podcast. Check us out on Twitter at podcast by Lancey. And of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. Be sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon or my website, VincentALancey.com. But DM me or email me because I want to hear what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. As always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one is from Vladimir Gendelman, the spotlight story of today and CEO and founder of Company Folders. 
My motivation is my desire to never go back to that lifestyle. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur.